I'm in the middle of starting the opening and you just fuck you. <laughs> I'm Darth Rictus. This really is the time to be quoting Justin Roiland. I'm Darth Cam Gentase. I'm Darth Zero. <laughs> Squanch. And away. Here we go. Boy, did we learn and all the meanings away. of that word. <laughs> he sure squanched it up. Oh. Damn, damn, damn. He squanched his future hard. Well, he tried to squanch some 15, 16, or 17-year-olds. Yeah, poorly. <laughs> Like the, the, he did it in like the most boomery Republican way by insulting them repeatedly and telling them they were whores. The the text <laughs> exchange is so nuts. Like he's doing the like me so Chinese, and <laughs> right? Like you're a whore and just a boomer Republican in millennial clothing. <laughs> I think there's a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Was, they, they, pretty wild. What happens when you make some money? <laughs> I I think there's a lot more at play than that. Yeah, probably, probably not nearly enough drugs. That's the problem. An inner desire for self-destruction, like so many people today. Well, Dan Harmon could have walked I him had through dreams. it. You can have dreams too. Wait, what? Dan Harmon could have walked him through that. Dan Harmon's a pro at having to a apologize and b self-destruct. Dan Harmon, he didn't go quite so far. Didn't go nearly so far. No, he pulled it back. He pulled it back in time. Justin Roiland didn't pull out. He just kept going. Nothing that Dan Harmon did had anything to do with physical violence or minors. There is that. Mostly it was just letting us all know what porn he watched. Which was hilarious. Was funny. The way he just like put it out there for the world to see in episodes of Rick and Morty. Just alluding, alluding, alluding. Well, actually, he. <laughs> I, I saw something on YouTube where he did something that was like a stand-up TED Talk story time kind of mix. Okay. Yeah. Where he he went way deep on explaining the dynamics behind a specific cuckold porn that he was watching. <laughs> See, until this was mentioned now, I had no idea that it was an ex explanation of their porn habits. I just Oh yeah. I I missed that. Yeah, he's right out there with that kind of shit. Yeah, he's all about the gangbang cuckolds. That's that is what Dan Harmon watches. But yeah, he's he said <laughs> but he's he's like going through in this thing and he's like breaking down the interplay of it. Cause he was talking about like, well, the guy that's the cuckold is like, it's supposed to be like his girls getting banged because he's got this hoverboard thing and he's traded it for her. <laughs> right. And so they're, they're like trying to bang over here and he's going around the room and like bumping into shit on the hoverboard. And <laughs> it's a scene where like, he's supposed to be submissive in the situation, but he's so distracting to the actors that he's actually dominating the situation. <laughs> and they're all really bad actors in terms of acting. So they're just caught in this dialogue loop of like, well, yeah, well, what about this? Oh, yeah, what about this? <laughs> That's going nowhere. And and like he just goes further and further to breaking down just how this this whole setup went awry. <laughs> and he gets to the point where he's like, well, if it's a good cuckold porn, that means at some point the cuckold's got to like blow the bull, Right. And, and he gets like one or two pumps into it. And the guy that's the bull is like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. And then whoever's the host is like, okay. And then what happened next? Cause he's telling this long story. He's like, I don't remember. And they're like, so how far did you get into this exactly? And somebody else just pipes up. Sounds like about one or two pumps. And you know, there's just all this laughter. Cause it's pretty obvious what happened then in his life. And he just kind of shrugs like, yeah, yep. I my knuckles and quit watching, you know? 
Oh, hell, the porn goes. Judge it, judge it, judge it. Ranch the knuckles. I don't care. I'm going back but to what I'm doing. he was judging it on its craftsmanship. <laughs> I mean, this sounded like when you were describing that, I was fascinated. I would watch a TED Talk on this. The just like yeah, breaking down dissection of, of porn events. Everybody, if you, anybody who stuck around this long into the podcast, surely should get on YouTube and look that up. <laughs> you, you throw the keywords in and YouTube will bring you right to that video. And it is hilarious. Unintentional comedy is often the best, and Dan Harmon's pretty good at both. <laughs> Justin Roiland, on the other hand, I, oh boy. I mean, as fucked up as everything he did is, it, it is still funny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's very, very fucked up and tragic for him, but like, oh my God, just the way he went about that shit is so insane. Look, every fan out there of Rick and Morty gets to enjoy going, I get to write Mick Morty jokes because everyone gets to write from the perspective of this. There How would that. the characters in this respond to this event? Because it writes itself. Yeah, it the, writes. <laughs> it's the, it's weird because his behavior is like if you literally put Rick and Morty together. Yeah. You know, because an like adolescent Morty, child that doesn't know what they're doing, along with Rick being an asshole in right, every like way. Rick, Rick being an insane drunk asshole, and Morty being a teenager who would text okay. things to another teenager. Yep. Right. And that's how you get to the situation. Yes. <laughs> we figured it out. That's the defense. Got too wrapped up in your characters. There we go. That's the ball game, folks. <laughs> Don't know how it's actually going to go, but someone's going to say it. Well, they got, they, the Rick and Morty's going to continue. Yep. And the, they'll presumably get different voice actors and probably have some kind of weird science fiction explanation for why their voices are a little different in the next season. Uh. Solar Opposites also, I think, got the same thing. Yeah, I don't care. Multiverse done easy doesn't matter. All you need is that, and they have that. So, so that's what they're doing. They're just going to steal stuff from another universe where it's a different one, so they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but we've been following yeah. like C one thirty seven, right? But I can totally see the scenario where they just start next season with killing C one thirty seven. I don't think that's even like that. Doesn't seem like it's so straightforward. I don't think Dan Harmon would do it. Okay, I think he'd be like, you know, we open up and Morty tries to talk, and he just like puts his finger up like shut up but doesn't say anything or like maybe has a telepathy machine on so just like he can Morty can hear him mm. and like he can hear him farting in his head too because why not of course and he just explains that they're being spied on and there's something about their voices and he's got some machine that's about to fix it and then once he turns on the machine their voices are a little different okay the problem is when we used the teleporter last time it made a permanent change whatever right and we could get tracked by the the like Rick that was killed Due to the multiversing number of these, the change in the voices will be enough to hide us. Yeah. I, I don't know what it'll be, but I bet it'll still be C-137. But it won't be C-137 as Wendy's spokesperson. Uh, probably not. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. It. I think Rick and Morty will survive this. And, oh, yeah. and their, their commercial viability will survive it. But it's 10 pretty seasons big. later, no one's going to remember it. I mean, people are going to remember it, but they're not going to care. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, this was the person on the show who got replaced because there they were terrible. There will be some people that are angry enough in the, at the principle of all this and understand the nuance enough to realize that by making any more Rick and Morty, you're just causing Justin Roiland to get paid more. Right. But, like, I, I don't think a lot of people that's going to dawn on them necessarily that he will benefit directly from the show continuing to exist. And of those that it dawns on, there won't be so many that are going to care that much to make a thing out of it yeah i mean yeah why why 
It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. He has more money, less money, still canceled basically with what he did. So, meh. And there's going to be more Rick and Morty regardless. Right. And if it's good, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the show maintains and doesn't house of cards itself into oblivion, we're good. Nah, man. All it needs to do is have a crossover. They visit a world with uh, married with children. I don't even know what that show is. Oh. This this is how you age yourself right here. I'm I'm happy to age myself to having known Married with Children. That's some classic. I barely remember it. <laughs> I have no idea what it's even about. I mean, I assume people who are married with fucking children. It's it's like it's the Bundy family. Al It's Peggy. like F F is for family, but in the early nineties. So toned down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With a lot more misogynistic shit, but like toned down correct. in terms of language. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's like if Bill Burr was way less clever. So it's like and Bill, cultured. Oh, so it's like Bill Burr's dad has a show. It's not quite as psycho as that. That's fair. It's all turned way down, but it gives me the same vibe as like the, the general Bill Burr thing. Cause it centers around. Yeah. Al Bundy who's like a grumpy dad. Yep. He's a shoe salesman. <laughs> a what? A shoe salesman. A what? He, he sells shoes. That's what he does. That's a fucking thing. That yeah, used to he be. supports a family on it. Yep. A big house too. What? Well, you know, it was pretty believable back then. Yep, it was it was very believable then. God damn, what an era! All right, fair enough, well, I guess. There's one breadwinner in the family, and that breadwinner brings home like 40k a year. You're you're raising a family of four, and you've got a big house and multiple cars. That's you know, I hate this country. Okay, come on, that was only 30 years ago. Ah, uh, the golden <laughs> age before it all went to shit. I did see a graph that uh, our pro our productivity levels as measured against uh, boomers is more than double and obviously not our pay. And not even a quarter of the time invested. Yeah, no. Like millennials are the most productive generation ever. And uh, What do you mean no one wants to work anymore? You're right. <laughs> We're busy with avocado toast or something. I don't remember what That's why we don't have houses, damn it. Oh, okay. Those avocado toasts. That reminds me, there's something I've been I've been meaning to to create or find someone to create. I want to get like with fake gems and shit, like some bling that that the that it's avocado toast, you know? Mm. <laughs> like fake emeralds for the avocado and some other <laughs> fake gems for the toast and put it on a big fake chain. Nice. Yeah, the, you, you, you at the worst you're going to pay 100 bucks and have someone custom make one of those. That sounds like that, an Etsy at moment. The worst if you can't already find it. That's an Etsy moment right there, probably. Yeah, right? I need to look into that soon. I need to look into that soon. There's things I want to do with that. And there's so much more you could do to it. You need a you need a grill too, like a like one of those little ones to put in, or maybe just a one tooth. I I actually from time to time I get uh, fake gold teeth and wear them. Nice. Um, sometimes I wear them out. I wore them to make a couple like videos for the band. Yeah. Um, Haliachi, by the way, yeah. go check it out on Spotify, you fools. P o l y a c h i. But they, they, they get gross because I buy cheap ones. Yeah. So I've gone through two sets. I, I have to order new ones. But yeah, that I, I, I have worn them out many times. Bravo. Bravo. Fair. Fair. So what do we have going on in MTG world? I suppose we've exhausted Justin Roiland's uh, public purification via wow. fire. We've, pro now. we've probably stopped Wizards from putting out a Rick and Morty secret layer anytime soon. Oh no, it's coming out next week and oh. uh, all profits go directly to Justin Lo Justin Roiland's legal defense. Alright, everybody. You know what you're looking for. It's going to be a hot ticket item. It's there's, controversial. There's, there's a card in it that's going to be legal um, in, in eternal formats called uh, Rick Sestral Recall. <laughs> and the way they get around... Uh, you know, the, the reserve list is it's instead of draw three, it's draw four. <laughs>
Do you think they have Wheel of Fortune with Morty just pinned on that fucking wheel? Throw darts See, this at is him? sounding great. I think that what's on the wheel is like what fucking racist, horrible thing you could text a child. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where Pickle Rick would be involved. That's, uh, that's what he says as he's unzipping his pants. <laughs> I know the displacer kitten is straight out of the Schrodinger cat episode. Okay. Where they break the fucking time. Remember that? With the cats? Where they find up find out there's like Schrodinger's cats because they end up in like 16 realities. Oh yeah, yeah, where the, the screen keeps splitting. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be Displacer Kitten for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like it's that, that time traveling ball sack guy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that like gets confused and beats up Einstein in the post credits. Oh god, that was amazing. It took me forever to realize people didn't know about those post credit scenes. Like I thought everybody knew about them, but a lot of people had no idea there was all these post-credit scenes that were amazing. There were people who didn't know Marvel had post-credit scenes until like eight movies were out. That's true. I remember going to yeah. the Marvel movies back in the day where people leave. Yeah, people yeah, left. Pe Sorry. Yeah, people would be people would be filing out, and you'd just be sitting there wondering if they're impatient or stupid. They made. Like I assume both every time. <laughs> I was like, if this isn't the second time you've seen this movie, then you're both impatient and stupid. If it's the second time you've seen it, I mean, do what you want. Although, frankly, if you enjoyed it enough to go see it a second time, why wouldn't you stay for the scene at the end? They were usually pretty good. Infinity War didn't have a post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. They had the mid-credit scene with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. But they didn't have a post-credit scene. And I remember that was something that was made known to the public. Like, hey, there's a mid-credit scene, but there is not a post-credit scene on this. Most people did not believe it. I didn't. I didn't. I sat there and was like, you're full of shit. There's, you're, you're hiding some awesome shit from me. <laughs> same. Same and same. I, I watched that. Did not, did not think they were telling the truth. They were. Oh, well. And part of it, too, is you're just sitting there like, fuck. Spider-Man just begged for his life and died. <laughs> God damn. They really went there. Yup. I mean, it is a classic, though. You In the original Infinity War comics, they did kill Spider-Man, and it was the turning point in the comics where everyone lost hope. So, yeah, but this was Mickey Mouse doing it. I, well, sometimes the mouse understands things. I'll put it this way. That was accidentally one of the first like Marvel movies I showed uh, my mom. And she finished that one. And she's like, why? And just wouldn't watch the next one at all. She's like, it, nope, too sad. Not doing it again. They killed all these characters. I don't like it. I mean, it I'm is done. an odd place to start. Yeah, but you know, if you know that she's not going to watch any of the origin movies or take the time to really appreciate it. You just go for broke. Like, anyway, here's a bunch of superheroes having fun. In her defense, a lot of Endgame is like Tony Stark being kind of paranoid, kind of PTSD, kind of cooped up, and Thor being majorly depressed. Yeah. Big Lebowski Thor and Tony. Best, and Scarlet Witch is just straight up on the verge of tears at multiple points. And then you find out how far that goes later. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Hawkeye's murdering people, you know, like he's just, just killing them. Yeah. Just cutting them down. Like, fuck you, you're Yakuza, so die. And Black Widow's just covering it up like, I don't know, like things are happening, but I'm not looking that hard for him. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America's trying to look on the bright side, but even he's just like, I don't know, you know, I guess maybe Thanos should have killed us all, you know. He's <laughs> in there going like, oh, you know, I saw a whale today because it's so clean without all these extra people. And then by the time it finally cheers up, they win. 
But then we go straight to Tony Stark's funeral <laughs> with like happy comforting his child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have like one moment of absolute happiness where like Spider-Man comes back, gives Tony Stark that giant hug. And you're like, fuck yeah, it's all turned around. We saved everybody. And then the end is just Spider-Man crying and sobbing as Tony dies. Yeah, you his get, father figure. <laughs> you get like a very narrow window in that movie to be, to experience joy. And it starts with on your left and ends with I am Iron Man. Yep. And that is not a large percentage of the movie. That's about 10 minutes at most. And that's it. I don't think your mom would have dug Endgame. Probably not. No. And the new phase four was not happy either for like any of them. The trauma phase. Yeah. Which <laughs> everybody just didn't awesome have a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. Yeah. A lot of people have not liked phase four. I've fucking loved it. Well, well, it's not been, isn't it over now? Yeah. yeah. It, it was the darkest phase we've done. And uh, I'm here for it. But a lot of people were not. They wanted their happy Marvel movies. I'm looking forward to a darker phase. To be fair, they also then bitched about She-Hulk. And She-Hulk was not dark at all. It was just funny and awesome. Yeah, She-Hulk was kind of the only thing that wasn't dark. Yeah. She-Hulk just had a good time. Like the, It was exactly the way I would imagine a She-Hulk would have it, though, if they didn't have all the issues that regular Hulk does in terms of like control. Because all of a sudden, it's just this fun thing you get to do at parties, you know? And people can't really hurt you. So who gives a shit? Like you're kind of Superman, but also kind of not. So just have fun with it. Yeah, mostly her problem was that people were mad at her. And yeah. like, I love that about <laughs> She-Hulk is that they knew what the internet response was going to be and they knew who it was going to come from and they built it into the story and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, that The meta level is what really put She-Hulk over the top of you're insulting the people who are going to complain about it. And then those very people complain in the way that you put, we were expecting it in the show, this yep. is layer, layers, mirroring. So brilliant. Inception at its finest. And you know what? She's still Smash Matt Murdock. Well played. <laughs> On the regular. <laughs> On the regs. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Universe. <laughs> oh, man. And then those those same guys were so mad that what, what Matt Murdock's having sex now? We, come on, man. Stand, stand, stand tough. Even the blind guy's getting laid. Oh, no. No, the, the gripe that I saw over and over and over was like, Matt's Catholic. Oh, yeah, because they don't fuck. Not their priests, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Justin Roiland should become a Catholic priest. Oh, man. He could get away with and everything. They just move him to another show, you know? Like, now yeah. he's just voicing a poo or something. <laughs> That would be perfect. Imagine Hollywood in that way. Someone screws up in Hollywood. They just get moved to another show. Yeah. Yeah. They, they What's just, this channel? The this, is, this is the cancel channel. Why does it have such high rating? It's Because it's just, you're not supposed to tell people you like it. This is like the dark web version of Hollywood. We just move all the people we can't have on regular shows. No, it's, over it's, here not even, it's not even a cancel channel. Actually, I think that kind of happens already to a certain extent. Because remember Gina Carano got fired? Yeah. For saying, I don't remember even what, but... Um, Mandalorian gal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, the, was she was the rebel. She was the shock trooper. Maga thing. Oh, yeah. She did something anti-Semitic and MAGA-ish or some shit. I yeah, don't remember. Yeah. Something like that. Some some like MAGA shit that shouldn't have been said in a public forum by a spokesperson for a multinational global company. The mouse. Yes. But when she got kicked off that show, there was this rally around Gina Carano by the right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very so true. It's, I mean, I think that kind of happens already. Yeah, it's one of us, Google Gobble. One of us every time. How you doing? I don't know. People are angry. You want a Fox News show? 
Yeah, could you could you imagine that they just like put Justin Roiland across from like Tucker Carlson? Oh, there we go. And he just says fucking weird MAGA shit in a Rick voice and away we go. As long as we get to have Kanye run out at some point and say some even weirder oh shit with God. a puppet. That's all I want to see. More puppet Kanye. For real, for real. Like they, they, they went with, they went to Kanye. Why wouldn't they go to Justin Roiland? Right. Right. Maybe this is the whole plan. Just bring them all to us. Yes. That's one way to, I guess, drain the swamp right into their mouths. Right into their wallets. Yeah, that's, that's just money. That's going to get watched. It's insane because these people are so incredibly stupid and gullible that they're, the, I think, like the easily, most easily fleeced people I can think of in history as a group. But there's so many people trying to fleece them that it, like, it turns back into work to get the money. Jesus. Hey, bugger off, man. I'm trying to con him. Well, I was in the middle of a con first. No, you weren't. That Look at Donald Trump <laughs> comes along with NFTs way after they crashed. Woof. <laughs> And it's still sold. How do these people still have any money? <laughs> Boomers have all the wealth. That's uh, how. And, you know, you got to shuffle around that, that money. I'm sure there's plenty of laundering involved in some of those NFTs. I mean, I thought yeah. that was the I mean, point. There, I don't think that's the whole point. I think a lot of people really bought NFTs thinking it's a big thing coming. Yes, a lot of them did. And well, those were the dumb ones. The smart ones were laundering money. I know there's, okay, there was also a certain amount of it that was just celebrities exchanging it like it was weird art and or status symbols. And they're fleecing people because they realize after they got conned and bought in that they're like, oh shit, I have this stuff now. I need to get rid of it. Well, they, I know <laughs> they, they had- Like Eminem had one and probably still does and Snoop Dogg had, because whatever, those guys get like expensive shit to get expensive shit. Hey, what'd you do? I spent $100,000 on this. Well, I know- well, it was, Doesn't it bother you? I, I didn't even know I had the money. <laughs> there were a number of parties that you had to have specific NFTs to get into was the rumor. And that was why they got bought at such high prices. Because <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to party, you had to have the $100,000 NFT to get yeah, in. That was true. That was true. There were, there were board ape parties that you had to have the NFT to get into the party. And that's just, that's just great to think about. Okay. So what was the actual selling point of the art? Uh, it's not, it's just an exclusivity ticket. Still easier to get right. than Taylor Swift concert tickets. It turns out. <laughs> true. <laughs> Probably a better time though. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine going to the... I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Taylor Swift, amazing voice, amazing artist, but I don't think I'd have fun at those concerts. They would be packed with people who are obsessed. Oh, no, I would rather go to the T-Swift concert. Really? Yeah, I fucking... If they're obsessed and seeing Taylor Swift, they're having the time of their life, man. You'd be floating in a sea of dopamine and serotonin. It would be contagious. Besides, it'd be sick to see T-Swift. By contrast... Go to the NFT party, and unless Eminem shows up, we're just talking to crypto bros the whole time. I did not do that math. I should have done that math. Let's redo this. So if you're wanting to figure out a way to con people who might be able to be conned, then the board, the board eight party would win because you got the NFT folks there, and if they might go for this, you might be able to convince them into something else. So it's like really expensive Tupperware that's digital. Just come to my Tupperware party and buy Tupperware more Tupperware. Does something. <laughs> Fair. Fair. There is that. This is... Yeah. Like, even the ruined Tupperware that you shouldn't have let the spaghetti sit that long in the fridge is still good for spaghetti holding again. As long as you I don't mind. I think reveal it. parties have more substance to them than, than, that, than the NFT party probably does. All those reveal parties. I loved when those got out of hand. My favorite. I mean, everybody one. loves when they go wrong. Yeah. Nothing's more amusing to me than somebody's like, it's a baby reveal party. And then like the parents go to the hospital. 
because they suck at doing baby reveals and they blew shit up. Didn't someone cause a forest fire with one of those? Yep. Yep, 100%. Can confirm. Uh, there were a lot of weird ones. People like things to explode. <laughs> yeah, somebody like explode. Does that mean their gender was herpes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Or the Phoenix Force. I'm going to go with Phoenix Force. I'm going to Phoenix Force give you herpes. Cuz the herpes can recur and that the the fire and things that wouldn't recur. It's just it spreads some and stops. I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. It's I don't, hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, the death sticks are starting to kick in. Hard to say. <laughs> hard to say, hard to say. Is this going to go anywhere? Wait, what What goes? Where are we going, man? Something about MTG at some point, I'm sure. No, but. we we, 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 well, we, we did the vintage thing. We played the, the goddamn bizarre deck with Squee and stuff. It keeps it, winning events, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. But it seems like a bad deck, and I don't know what to do when Master of Death and Squee, like, it feels like it just dirtles around and waits for somebody to beat it. There might be a, there might be part of the play to it that is, you unless you have that perfect super explosion hand, you might for several turns not flop down these creatures, and you just take the time to craft <laughs> a hand where you're going, all right, single turn. Here's <coughs> pitch my two root Wallace so I get three Venge Vine back and two Hollow ones in one turn. You have to deal with all of them now in one turn. I mean, how is time walking yourself for like three turns? <laughs> A good idea in vintage just I, to flop 16 and power so down. so many times that that choice, you don't even have one. Mulligan to three. Yeah. It, it might be that that's, you. It's, that it's the run hot again. It's just, uh, my plan is I can play control with my all my counters and that stuff and my force of vigors. And then eventually, eventually I kill you when I feel it's convenient and safe, which is what a bunch of decks did. We just found that when decks try to do that, they tend to, you know, not be tier one. If I'm gonna run hot with any deck, I'm just gonna play Doomsday because if you run hot with Doomsday, you are unfucking beatable. There's a lot of hours I think one has to put in to be able to pilot that to pilot it well efficiently. Yeah, yeah, to pilot it well, absolutely. But if you're just trying to run hot, which means like Dark Rit Doomsday turn one every game with a Street Wraith in hand, I mean that's not really that much hotter than I'll have Bazaar and the other pieces I need every time. You know what I mean? Well, how much how much more is Doomsday about your own? skill on it versus the opponents Way having more. to always realize exactly wait are, are we at a point in the game where I lose if I tap down or I let my gates down wait. yeah because you can you can have the busted turn one hand and yeah. still fuck it up I think a lot of it's on your mm -hmm. opponent for getting them to gamble in and you can you can lose games with Dooms, doomsday just by minor sequencing variations remember uh, you, you cast doomsday in one and I was just uh Opposite was it opposition agent? Is that the black? Yeah, you played yeah, opposition. I played that, one. and you're like, I had forced negations. I had this. Didn't have an answer for that, and I'm completely shut out because of the stack I made. GG. I, actually, there was. I think there was a game. Don't you as get to well. pick the stack. Hmm? If you have opposition agent, you get to pick the stack, don't you? No, I'm doing it. I did it after that, so there was no way that it was could be anything. But we also had a game though where it was post board, and I brought in a shieldred, and the shieldred got dealt with. Mm. And then an opposition opposition agent hit the battlefield and it was game over because I didn't have answers for it. Usually you'd opposition agent beforehand, but if I banking on them having force of negation because I only have one force and they've got a full grip, I wanted them to put them in the place where they can't recover out of it. Because anything I try to cast other than that's going to get countered was the my plan. Bright side, Shieldred does seem awesome as a weird sideboard plan for that deck. Yeah, definitely. 
Like, what a hammer. Or Starscream. It actually makes me curious about trying decks. Like, Dark Ritual Shieldred is really good. Yeah. I mean, what if what if you weren't a combo deck and you were just trying to, like, do that and other cool shit? So you want to play Dark Confidence or no? I don't fucking know. I'm just kind of... Stealthy Voidwalker for sure. <coughs> I'm sticking the Helm combo into it because I don't care if I'm building a black deck like this, it's happening. Because for Leyline of the Void, Helm's Dothy Voidwalkers. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're just playing these cards at me anyway. I'm going to build that. I'm going to put that together. I'm going to see if that works. I have most of that deck. My issue is trying to figure out what the draw is going to be because Dark Confident in a world of four drops is not where I want to be. You get one Necropotence. Um, fast Mana is really good. We're also playing Dark Rituals. We could play... Mana Vault in such a deck, we might want to, so we could also play Yogmoth's Bargain. So oh. we've got two restricted cards. We've got two restricted, three restricted tutors that are pretty good, but two that are very good. I don't think you're stuck at mono black at this. You can easily splash really lightly another color. I, yeah, I was actually thinking like splash either blue or green so that there would be some of the turn zero spells. I mean... Blue is probably where it ends up because you get Time Walk, Tinker, and Ancestral if you want them. Yeah, probably. And it's hard to say that's better with Force of Will and Force of Negation than Force of Vigor. And also in that context, you would get um, Assassin's Trophy, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, Assassin's Trophy is really good against most vintage builds. It's a lot worse against our vintage builds. And you would, also get, you'd also get um, Oseju, which is pretty fucking good. You get good artifact removal. It's yeah, the best. The best. Yeah. I don't know. Versus the best card draw. Right. It seems like, I don't know. I, I am really curious though. That seems, I'm, I'm very interested in a black heavy deck that uses Dark Ritual to get ahead fast. Because if you can, yeah, if you can stick something like, especially a Shieldred on turn one or turn two and then just back it up and keep the other person from doing something purely degenerate. That seems like a winning recipe. And keep in mind, you you actually don't have to play that much card advantage in there because a lot of the innate black cards that you're playing are themselves call a card advantage. Opposition Agent, Dolphy Voidwalker, both give you cards to play. True. I'm just imagining the dream scenario where you go Swamp, Go, and they, you know, go to Fetch, and you go Dark Rit, Opposition. That'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> like, even if they have to force of will it, that's fine. That's two for two. It is. It is. Or the better ones when you are you get to do the, the mocks or something with it. So you get to unmask them or duress them or thought seize or whatever you're doing. So you just know the situation is opposition locked the game out on turn one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want mono black. There's just, there's not much of a draw engine there that I, I trust. Dark confidence, just not great when that, when you have to run that far up the curve. Dark Confident would be amazing if it's like the top of the curve in Vintage or three drops or the top of the curve. But once you get into Ley Lines and Shieldreds and Helms, it's a, it's a I, bit I just much. don't think Confident... I think it's a. I think Confident's a legacy card. I could see Confident working if we were stopping the curve at Shieldred. How much higher are we going? I don't know. I think it stops at four. I don't think we can go I think I'm stopping at four. I've just got... The problem More, is it's going to be like four 16, drops. four drops. Yeah, because no, you want 16, like nine. Ley lines, Shieldreds, Griefs, Unmasks. I mean, these are all options, I would be, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more of like, if I were playing Confidants, I would play... Oh, yeah, we can't play Force of Will. And, you know, maybe a couple of the Griefs or something and just be making like a mono-black control where Dark Ritual is getting me fast, some fast four drops, but like also fast three drops or multiple spells. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could still go Swamp, uh, Mox, Ritual, Voidwalker, Confidant, and that's a hell of an opener too. Right, right. And you can also, I mean, in previous decks where I'd play Confidant, I didn't want more than, I mean, like Old Jund is a good example. You yeah. can play a four drop. I mean, you play Bloodbraid Elves with it. That's no problem. Right, but, but that was the end. That's the Yeah, that's the end. And you're going to be careful. You don't have too many three drops and you're going to do a lot of dances to keep your life total intact. But we're also playing four Shieldred. Is Lily any good in Vintage? I have no idea. I've never really thought too Lily much about it. Yeah. It seems like in some places it would be. I I can't think of a lot of situations that would, but if you can dark ritual it, if you've got a very if you've got five black lotuses in your deck, having a couple might be reasonable. I mean, it's terrible against bizarre aggro, but against the rest, it's good against oath. It would be pretty reasonable against mono white initiative. I mean, yes, you, it would minus plus minus. You're you're getting you're getting three for ones out of it generally, yeah. right? As as long as. You don't trip over a Thalia immediately, but also if you're mono black, that means you're probably playing fatal push type stuff. Fatal push, cut down, dismember, it's all on the table for you. you well, get, yeah, but I don't think any of those can make the main with the thing you're talking about. Fucking like, Virtue's Ruin, control. baby. <laughs> True, you could play Virtue's Ruin. Perish. We already found how not effective Virtue's Ruin was against no, 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 no. initiative. It doesn't work in that context, <laughs> like because you don't have creatures. But if you are playing aggressive creatures plus Virtue's Rune, it's a one-sided wrath and you yeah. take the initiative. Okay. Yeah, if you're if you're getting on the board with your Void, your void Walker, well, they can't block it, but you, you're racing. Yeah. Confidence, Shieldred, it incentivizes the white player to get on the board. And yeah, then you can, I mean, just a two-for-one's good enough. Sometimes a one-for-one's good enough. Then you get Force of Despair, right? Yeah, you'll get the better one -sided than that a lot of times. You can do Force of Despair as the yes. one-sided wraths. Yeah, you absolutely could do that. That would be a very interesting. That would be a really interesting sideboard for the bizarre decks because they like True. to go root wall of root wall of Vengevine and yeah. And there's just, a lot of good tools boom. here. There's a lot of good tools here. I kind of want to prove this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have it all upstairs. Well, uh, you know what? Happened. Your your dredge deck can easily fit in some force of despairs into the sideboard as a a mirish kind of plan or other thing. That's not going to be hard. It needs it. That's my point. But you can fit them in. Yeah, the problem with dredge is. It doesn't need any of that. It just needs people to not pithing needle bizarres and blow up bizarres. That's literally the whole issue for I that know, deck. You watched me win with it when I just didn't have bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of why I'm excited forever. about this this one that plays Gaia's Cradle. You mm. say that takes forever and that's your reason not to do it? Yeah. This would win, but I don't have the patience to wait to win. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to play standard, all right? This isn't <laughs> supposed to go to turn seven. This is supposed to end around right, three or four. You can turn seven all the time. Yeah, It does now, yeah. Granted, Every it's once in a while, there's the start where it's like, ha, gotcha, fucker. But a lot of times, it's you make the, ha, gotcha, fucker. And they're like, no, you don't. And now we're both down like three cards. True. Granted, standard slowed down even more. I, I had a, a best of three with mono white control versus Esper Mint that went, I think, almost the full Monty of at an hour for well, one match. First thing to mention here, mono white control being a good deck is not something that happens often. I love that it is, though. It's such a fun deck to play in standard right now, and it took me forever to figure out the right build. But it's it's glorious, and I may I may have overcorrected after a loss to Mono Red. I may have gotten pissed off and put four Extraction Specialists and four Friction Missionaries with no black mana in the deck. It's a lot of Missionary. A lot of Missionary, a lot of Extraction. <laughs> I get I get Lifelink. I have Lifelink. I am Lifelink. Yeah, well, I kept having... Lifelink is when you don't get the Extraction in time. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> No, I was playing against Red, and I just I kept having answers, but they kept having more haste. 
And like at, at a certain point, you just lose to the hasties. So I'm like, you know what? Lifelink then. Fuck it. Forever lifelink. And if they blow it up, more fucking lifelink. And then we bring back the other lifelink. Is there like an equipment or something you can use instead of... <laughs> you mean like Shadow Spear or some shit? Something like that. Is there no card It's not like standard. Yeah, nope. but I was like, There's there no, no lifelink like equipment that? in standard. Oh, okay. There usually is one. Yeah, but when it wasn't Shadow Spear, it was almost always Loxed on Warhammer, which is six yeah, mana on both sides of the yeah. trip. Not great against a red Oof. deck, no. It's not All great right. in a lot of places. It's, it's one of those cards that it spent a lot of time in standard over a lot of different years, and it always showed up at some point, but never in numbers. And often not even in the main deck. Well, given that 80% of the decks in standard run, Reckoner Bankbuster is a four of in the main, a braid's oh, back anyway, so I wouldn't be running them regardless. No. No, not right now. Reckoner Bankbuster is just going to be everywhere until it rotates out, is my guess. That's one of my favorite cards of recent design, actually. It's extremely well designed. I wish it would be allowed in the cube, but it's a, such a sacred cow. You know what I mean? Like, it is in the cube. We got rid of it. We, no, we, it's in there. I don't think we cut it. It got cut because everybody's playing it. What did we chop it for? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. But yeah. what did we chop it for? I don't remember. Some yeah, shit that either. wasn't as cool. But we had to. No, no, no. There were, there, we I had all we, these artifacts recently. No, I, you're right. I remember cutting it. If I we chopped thinking, for them, we chopped for something cooler. We had some interesting yeah. artifacts we added. This yeah, wasn't I, like a replacement I, for a Sacred Cow. I didn't want to let was, that go easily because it's it's finally like a JM Daytome worth playing. Right. And it's yet. The first tier one JM Daytome ever. And they've been trying. They have been. They have been. They finally found the way to do it. The problem is everybody is now doing it. So... No, I know. I remember that it's out because I remember thinking like, "Oh, cool! I can put it in my John Singleton deck now." Ah. <laughs> I, I remember. No, I remember that. I remember that. But we definitely, it definitely got moved. Not just in there. Here's a sacred cow. Let's get rid of it. It was. We've got some more cool cards to put in. Yeah. This is a sacred cow. We can get yeah. rid of that one. That's what it was. We had more to put in yeah. than we wanted to take out. Well, we've got a hundred cards ish that are rotating into the cube and out of the cube in this in this year. Yeah, right? Pretty decent stack. Yeah. A lot of upgrades. Happy to see that. Tremendous amount. I knew there would be. The, that's one thing I've really been enjoying about contemporary design philosophy and all these cards that have all this nuance and purposes. And it's unfortunate that they get completely outshined in standard. Right. And you just never get a chance to play with almost any of them. Yeah, those flagship mm -hmm. mythics we were promised wouldn't take over, keep taking over. What? I'd be like saying Planeswalkers that's regularly part appear. Part of why I really like the cube, though, is it gives you an opportunity to play with these cards that are vastly more interesting than... Like Shieldred, for example. Right. Shieldred's a great card, but it's not an interesting one. No. Every once in a while, you can do something kind of funny, like, ah, oh, we both draw some cards, or like, I'm making your card draw worse, but... I have opened my cube pack. There's okay, I don't need to look there. Right, right, right. Card. We don't think that hard. We just put <laughs> Shieldred on the battlefield. The only thinking you need to do is whether to attack with it or not. And there's only two reasons not to. Either, like, you see a creature that's bigger than Shieldred, or they have four untapped mana and two of its white and at least one card in hand. Yep. <laughs> And sometimes they don't even need the card in hand. You just know that top deck could happen and you'll win if yeah, you just leave too. it untapped. Which I've done many times where I'm like, I don't care if you got nothing. And if you're sitting I'm not there to that. deep in the death sticks wondering what the fuck we're talking about, it's the Wandering Emperor. And if you're not deep in the death sticks, where the fuck you why, at? Why aren't you? Notably, the Wandering Emperor joined the cube this time around. Yeah. Did it? Yes, we, we got Wandering Emperor. And Wandering Emperor has made it its way into the queue. Wandering Emperor it violated the it it's an expensive card reason, but I had opened one in a pack. <laughs> well, it does tokens and counters. Okay. Yeah. That's that's plenty for what it's trying to do for white. And we what do we have in white? We didn't have a good one anyway. We had four mana Johnny, which did 
tokens and gained life. So, and the gain life isn't an important ability in the cube, but Wandering Emperor does that, both mm-hmm. of those things. And counters. Gives, uh, yeah, Ajani does counters in life. Right. And yeah, Wandering tokens. Emperor does that plus tokens. Yeah. Fair enough. Every year it gets a little bit better and the design philosophy gets a little bit tighter. And, uh, you know, we, we thank the people at Wizards who actually spend all this time designing shit before somebody rampages over them with a flagship mythic that ruins all their design philosophy they work so hard at. So I assume that's what happens over and over again because these sets are so you cool. You want to assume that. <laughs> well, you see these sets and they're so cool and then there's like two cards at the top where you're like, who stuck this shit in at the end kind of vibes. It's gotten a lot better though. It is. It's, it's not Oko anymore. <laughs> We're not in Oko land anymore, but... We're definitely in Shieldred land though. We're coming back to a land of possible Okoing though. I won't even say we're firmly in Shieldred land anymore. It's It's changed the way that some people are designing decks still, but it isn't a four of, two of, or even three of in any of these tier one decks anymore. However, if you are playing a deck that can and wants to cast four drops during your turn with regular access to double black, you should play Shieldred. You just should. If your deck can do it, your deck should do it. I don't know. I play a lot of Grixis Despair. Um, I don't, I don't, I think there's a Shieldred in there and it's going to get cut. It's it's just not. I feel you've made mistakes and you're about to make more. Nah, it's a it's a wandering mind deck. At the end of the day, you're just casting eight invokes. That is that is the point of that deck is to cast invoke over and over and over. And in the meantime, you don't really need shielded because you don't want to give them one for ones on their removal. You just want to keep playing cards like Fable, Wandering Mind, and Corpse Appraiser, so that they have just, to two for one their way through your giant slog of card advantage while you just dome them. Yeah, but what if they two for one their way through a couple of cards and then you play shielded and they don't have another spell and then Shieldred solos them. You can just play more Invoke Despairs. That's why you do it. You just keep playing Invoke Despairs until they give up. You only need three usually. Sometimes you only need one Shieldred though. I get that, but in this scenario, we we never have that issue of wondering if our Shieldred's going to die because we don't get none of the pieces. I'm, I'm intrigued. Matter. Send me this list. I don't believe you, but I want to try it. I mean, it's sitting at 20 and 0, so I will. <laughs> it's done really well. <laughs> the uh, the mono white control list, on the other hand, has some gaping flaws that I keep. It's like the ship that leaks that I can't quite get to stop leaking, but it keeps getting closer every time I fuck with it. So I can't quite put it down. Like realizing you need four steel seraph over the anointed peacekeepers was a breakthrough. Uh, Wait, you weren't playing the variable house. I was running two of them, not four. Okay, so at we, least we, you had some in there. Like that just seems like a your mono white. That seems like a very logical card. Well, it's it's amazing because of Reckoner Bankbuster, because you get to play Bankbuster on two, Seraph on three, crew it, give it lifelink, yep. or whatever, you or want flying to if you need yeah. to. But either way, you're hitting them for four on turn three and probably gaining four life, and that is a really weird tempo play you get to do in a control deck. Isn't Vigilance also an option? It is. Yeah, you could give the Bankbuster Vigilance so it can attack and still draw a card. Done that a few times. <laughs> Done that a few times. I, we had a, a game that almost went to time on the streamer showdown today, and it was. Uh, Esper versus Mono White, and I lost a game because I didn't know Touch of the Spirit Realm didn't hit Planeswalkers because I didn't read the fucking thing. And I went to Touch of the Spirit Classic. Realm. Yeah, I went to Touch of the Spirit Realm, a Wandering Emperor, and it hit nothing. <laughs> uh, literally nothing. That was all that was on the board. So it hit fucking nothing, which was real awkward. At least people were watching. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, great, yeah. That, it's great that you didn't read your card. Yeah, I had to do a little that's, apology. That's something I would do. <laughs> did a little issued a little apology like sorry if this costs us the game and then immediately the next play Shieldred hits and I don't have removal 
was like, oh, well. And that Shieldred soloed me. So I will give you credit on that yeah. one. I mean, like, I, I believe that your deck is really good. And obviously, if you went 20-0, it, it must be a great deck, but it could be better. Oh, that was Grixis. But yeah, 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 the mono white one, it needs some more work. But we did end up getting it at the end of like the umpteenth hour, the 11th hour to midnight. We, we got there on the back of the longest damn game I've played in a long time. I mean, it, one of those games where each of you at different points is at 30 plus life. And that's how long that stupid game lasted. But I did get, I did get to live the dream. Ambitious farmhand got to become uh, the peasant that flew in the air due to the uh, Steel Seraphs. Yeah. So I had flying peasants with lifelink swinging for the dubs. Oh shit, that reminds me of some shit that I encountered in the news earlier this morning. Mm. Do you remember Eva Green? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, she was in that scene in Sin City 2 that you enjoyed so fervently. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Immediately um, remember her now. Yeah. Yes. So she sued a studio for pay for play. Okay. They were setting up a movie and she would pay for play, pay or play, like she's supposed to get paid even if the movie doesn't get made. Right. So she's suing them for a million for that. Okay. But they're countersuing her for conspiracy and all this shit. And their story is basically that she sabotaged the movie because she wanted to be able to acquire the rights to it cheaply and make it herself and cut everybody out of the out of the process. <laughs> and the um, mastermind Eva Green. So she's it, it's it's kind of <laughs> weird, and I'm interested to see how the facts come out on this, given like just the allegations in these lawsuits. Yeah, it's a little wild. She's addressed it in part by saying, because she, she's a, an EP on this. She's an executive producer. Sure. By saying like, yeah, that we were supposed to be filming on location and they switched it to on set. And I had these ideas that I presented as ideas, but people were treating them as commands and like getting mad at me when they didn't want to do. So it's, there's a lot of finger pointing on both sides. And it's kind of interesting to me. But what what made this story stand out in my mind was that in Discovery, she's had to turn over her text messages with other people about this wow. movie. Oh, no. Which doesn't really affect the lawsuit itself, but she calls uh, the cast like fucking peasants or something like that. <laughs> or stupid little peasants. Yay. Shitty peasants. That's what she calls them. Shitty peasants. She refers to various groups of people in her vicinity as shitty peasants. I like her more now. And And that is... Six to midnight over here. That is kind of that is kind of just how she expresses herself in all these texts. And she's commented on this too, saying, like, I this looks really bad and I'm super embarrassed, but I'm a very direct person and I say what I mean. I like her even more now. <laughs> now there's the dummy mommy everybody was waiting for. Did you know she's British? God. Hotter Kira Knightley. I, I learned Fantastic. that as well. That there's a lot of hotter Kira Knightley. Because she's also Natalie explaining Portman. like this is a like kind of like a British, British sort of straightforward exactly. and it's just all dropping into place, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she got she got thrown into discovery with text messages calling the the people that were yeah staff on the movie shitty peasants. Oh man, what a baller! God shitty man. walk. <laughs> what about shitty walk? Shitty walk. <laughs> Although you know that also kind of has me thinking that she's more likely to be in the right factually when that is the evidence that the that the studio or the, the, the business people on the other end are trying to get in the public eye Grr, and not anything that actually backs up their counter lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, nothing substantive. Just you're going to get real embarrassed about being kind of a shitty person. Yeah. Just by saying really bad things in a super fucking waspy kind of way in a private conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, this is just, this is probably just spending money, not really to win. I mean, there's chance in hell. So they're like, sure chance, but 
Nah. Nah, we just want you to feel like shit for messing with us. For everyone else out there, if you ever mess with us, we're going to embarrass you. Well, see, that, that's all part of the curiosity <laughs> to me, too, because that, that was the context of this being British, because this, this suit is in uh, the UK. Which is always strange. And their legal system is totally fucking different. Ask Johnny Depp. No, uh, that, he lost in France. Was that yeah, it? That was different, different, different okay. country. UK's system is strange because they're it's like their parliament. It it's so foreign to well, us. Like the, the US system is called an adversarial system because you've got lawyers, say you got like two sides, yeah. like you do here. Right. There's lawyers that the the different parties go out and hire independently, and those lawyers just present for those people and like take every shot they can and you know right. go hard in one direction. And I don't know that much about how the UK thing works, but the basics are that it's not adversarial and all the, the lawyers include the judge that all kind of collaborate on this. So one lawyer would be in charge of dealing with the interests of one party and another lawyer in charge of dealing with the interests of another party. Yeah. And the judge is participating in all of this, but they're all much more minded the way the judge is where they're just kind of like going through the stuff and saying, okay, this is what we think should happen. Interesting. There's there's still juries in most situations, but like there's not this adversarial, you've got someone representing you who's just going to like make every play they can. Right side of the UK went up in uh, flames today and they are doing nationwide protests over minimum wage as of this morning. Sick. And what so is their minimum wage right for? now, by yeah. the way? I have no idea, but I know they shut all the fucking schools down in the UK today doing it. I want to look it up. I bet it's a That's, lot more than the United States minimum wage. Probably. Oh, well, we'd have to it's, do... It's going to be more than our national minimum wage for sure. Because What's our national minimum wage now? It's still at like sub $8. What? I thought we did the 15th for everybody. No, that hasn't happened yet. Oh. We just keep talking about it and getting... No, I, I think... I thought that the, it's supposed to be played out over a series of time. It's incrementally. So businesses can adjust or something. Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's the last thing I understood of it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my timeline since the, the blip, the pandemic is okay, just Okay, the UK's minimum wage is kind of interesting. They have different versions. There's one for 16 and 17-year-olds, one for 18 and 20-year-olds, and then like one for 21 to 22 year olds, it breaks down. This is fascinating. Because yeah, this 21 is, and 22 year olds need money more. Yes, yeah, as you older, get older, you need more money. Yeah, that's basically what's going on here. Wow. Nas there's a national living wage. Ah, there we go. That's so probably this, what it is. It looks like it's uh, nine, 950 in pounds. What is that? Uh, we're about at the same right now. So that'd be roughly 950 US. But if we went back a little bit, that'd be closer to like 11 or 12. Okay, so yeah, that's, it used that to be sucks. a little bit higher. Yeah, that's that's better than we're doing in the yeah. United oh, States. Far better, but, far better. And yeah, they don't have to pay for health care, so it actually buys them a lot more money. But that's that sucks. Yeah, they should be rioting. Good for them. They're not rioting the way I, I wish they would, which would be the French, because the French riot the hardest of everybody. And I fucking am here every time I see French firefighter uh, videos on TikTok where they go ham on the cops. It's fucking amazing. Oh my God, from lighting themselves on fire to just pulling the truck up and blasting cops with water guns. Fantastic. Here for all of it. They are just wild over there. Yeah. Yeah, the federal minimum fuck. wage for the United States is still $7.25. Good job, US. Fucking idiot. Just a bunch of states have changed. Oh my God. There's, there's some municipalities as well that have set minimum wages at yeah. like 15 bucks and higher. DC. Yeah, but, oh Jesus, that's not even close to enough in DC. No, though. in DC, like though 15 is the minimum there. 
but 15 there is still about seven. <laughs> right, right. The only reason it's 15 in D.C. is because, like, the senators still want hamburgers. Yep. I actually had to have a meeting earlier this week with the Economic Alliance, where we're at, and they were... Is uh, Lex Luthor on that board? Right. Uh, our former mayor is. And uh, <laughs> they were complaining, uh, the person that was explaining how it all works, complaining about how people just don't want to work anymore and blah, 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 but how Nordstrom now has a very uh, good turnover rate because they raised the wage to 22 bucks an hour minimum. I'm like, surprise, surprise. They get paid a living wage. People don't quit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, it's real simple. Just pay them well yeah, and they dude, won't if quit. If I was looking at like any job anywhere and there's a Nordstrom around here, I'd fucking work there before I worked at any other box store. Yeah. I'd work there before I worked at any restaurant. Yeah. Super simple work too. It's usually just moving shit around. It's not really that hard. It's it just, should. I hope. I hope that happens more. It should. You know, it's it's one of those things where I keep hearing boomers bitch about it, and it's like you are living in la la land. Hey, you have no on, fucking come clue. On. You don't know you love hearing the argument of, well, it's not fair if they make more money. That's as much as I make. God, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that one said. God. Have you have you heard that one said? Yes. <laughs> There yes. must be people I can spit on <laughs> and step on. I need shitty peasants. <laughs> also, just a great way of outing oh, yourself as being shitty incredibly peasants. shitty yes. at getting yourself raises. You know what I mean? If like one raise puts them in the same bracket as you, maybe you should be asking for a fucking yeah, raise. I, I, that probably means whoever's complaining is underpaid. Yeah, underpaid. It's, it's, and It's an very idiot. interesting that they don't look at it that way. No, they never blame the billionaires. They never blame the millionaires. They just blame the poor. That's America, baby. Nobody hates the poor like America hates the poor. Well, you can split them up into races, you see. <laughs> you know, if, and, if you and genders, if you create, and you can argue about what genders are, and then you create issues between each of those groups themselves. Like you just, it's kind of like just having a plant, so that when they're fighting with themselves, and then somebody shows up at the party with a bowl full of M and M's. I wouldn't have a beer with those M and M's, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the pants off all those M&Ms. <laughs> I, I have a prank that I really enjoy that I don't get to pull very often where I'll buy some M&Ms and separate out the brown ones and then mix them with Skittles and put it in a bowl. Nice. <laughs> uh, Halloween's coming at some point, right? It's, it's always Halloween in my heart. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, it sounds kind of good, like some M&Ms and Skittles. I kind of want to try that. It's interesting because you, <laughs> you, wind up, you wind up with this mixture and it's it's advantageous because it they, they do not taste good together. Oh, they don't? Oh. But it keeps oh. you from eating like a lot of them really fast because you've got to make sure you've got, you know what you have in your fingers. Yeah. So you wind up eating them like one, two at a time. That makes a lot of sense. I could see that. Well, uh, not nerds. You don't dump half the box in your mouth at once. Box in your mouth. <laughs> I was thinking nerds in in the mouth, but yeah, it's like dump a box, like half a box of nerds in the mouth. I'm like, what porn star? Mouth box nerds mouth. There's so many ways. Gonna, to go. Gonna so go ahead many. and look for that tonight and see what I find. Look, there's a lot of ways to mix up mouths, boxes, and nerds. <laughs> Unfortunately, Justin Roiland did the dumbest version of it. <laughs> the one with children and violence. Yes. yes. <laughs> And I, I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. Thanks, Justin Roiland, for being, I don't know, the person we get to shit on for most of it. <laughs> uh, dark stream out. Bye.
Bye-bye.